Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag NFL. Play fake. Russ is going to roll to the right side. Stops, looks, steps up in the pocket. Now he's going to scramble. Now he's going to throw to the end zone. He's got a man. Touchdown, Seahawks. DK Metcalf. Empty backfield. Murray takes the snap. Looks, gets hit, goes down. Seahawks sack. Murray getting there was Dunlap. Came off the edge. Almost untouched. Huge play by the Seahawks defense. And the Hawks are going to win this game. The Seattle Seahawks do win the game 28-21 over the Arizona Cardinals. A huge hold in the end zone. Getting Seattle the ball back, letting them hold on to it, eat up some time, keep the defense off the field. The PK, they had a little bit of a running game. Carlos Hyde wasn't a 100-yard game, nothing dramatic, but just 14 carries, 79 yards, a little more than five yards a pop. They've been missing that. I think they'll be better when they have Carson back, but getting Hyde, that was, that was a big positive for them. Sure, but I think their defense allowing only 21 and last week 16. I think that's the story. Making a step forward there, taking the lead in the division, a game over the Cardinals, a half game over the Rams. The Rams don't play until Monday night. They play the Bucks Monday. So the Cardinals, if they get a little help from Tampa Bay, could be all alone atop the West again. NFL this weekend, all right. Game. Cardinals won't. Seahawks. Excuse me, yes, the Seahawks will Not be all Cardinals. alone. Right, yes, the Cardinals are a game back. The uh, Steelers, the last undefeated team in the NFL, playing the 1-8 Jaguars. You know, you see 10-point favorites in college football all the time. You don't see them that often in the NFL, but Steelers by 10.5 over the Jags as they try to go 10-0. Other games in the early window that, uh, that might get your attention, Titans and Ravens, a couple of 6-3 teams in the AFC, kind of the same deal we saw last night with a couple of 6-3 teams. You trust one of those more than the other? Games in Baltimore, and the Ravens are are favored for what that's worth. I'd probably go with Baltimore a little bit, yeah. You're always looking for me to go against the favorite. I just don't trust Baltimore. Probably go with Tennessee in this one. The Patriots, are they going to get back in this or not? Are they just going to beat up on some bad teams and level their record? They got a Texans team that's 2-7. and seven. Patriots can get back to 500 with a win this week. They'd be 5-5 five and five if... If they win that game. Two is undefeated. He's 3-0 in Miami since he took over. Can he make it 4-0? The Dolphins are in Denver. So you got that in the afternoon. And the winless Jets and the 2-7 and seven Chargers. If the Jets are ever going to break through. I don't know how much you care about the AFC East, but a couple storylines there. Undefeated Tua and the winless Jets, both on the road against the AFC West. Packers-Colts. That's the big game Sunday afternoon. Green Bay 7-2. The Colts are 6-3. and three. The game's in Indianapolis, and the Colts are actually favored by a point and a half. I think they could take the Packers on the road. Who do you like? <laughs> I always go with the Packers. I like Aaron Rodgers. I don't care. Yeah. Doesn't matter to me. Sunday night, Prime. Go, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Primetime game go is ahead. the Chiefs and the Raiders. Uh, Chiefs are coming off a bye. They're 8-1. and one. Andy Reid is upset, allegedly. I think he's just a high school motivational pull. They drove their bus around our parking lot after they won. You have no idea what that means. 
Oh, the Raiders literally took victory lap in their bus around the parking what lot. That means. And the, and Andy brought it up at his press conference this I, I, week. I, I, they were they, they're in facts. I don't they know are what the insulted. emotions are of it. They are insulted by this PK. Why? <laughs> I got all the facts. You still haven't explained to me why that is insulting. All you did is just recite history. That doesn't explain to me why you're upset at what they a did. Professional I got just, what they did. A professional just gets on the bus and drives away. They took a victory lap. It was his high school, rubbing it in. Who do they think they are? This is our You're backup. making that up. He, nobody ever said that. You're I think right. that's what You're, he implied. Otherwise, he wouldn't have brought right, it up. Exactly. Exactly. You don't know that. They never said why it upset them. If the Chiefs win this game, they have a three-game lead in the AFC West. If they lose this game, the Raiders are one game behind KC, and they'd have the tiebreaker because they would have swept the two games head-to-head. So, Raiders can make this a race, or the Chiefs can go on the road and win in Vegas and pretty much end the AFC West before Thanksgiving. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah. Well, it's been tough, and particularly for the players. I mean, coaches probably a little more emotionally able to handle that, but players, they're competitive. They're looking forward to competing, and to have the, uh, the rug pulled out from under them at the last minute, two weekends in a row, is is difficult. But like I said, they've been very resilient and shown a great deal of, of resolve when they come back. So we're in a good place right now, mentally. We still you know, don't, don't know a lot about our football team because we haven't had a chance to play yet. But, but uh, as far as their work ethic, their focus, their attention and detail. It's all been very good. Kyle Whittingham on the team Psyche as the Utes get ready to host 2-0 USC. It's Utah's season opener 8.30 tomorrow night at Rice-Eccles Stadium. Cold winter. Will the Southern California guys come up and freeze and crack? And by the way, how good are the Utes? Oh yeah, that basic fact eludes us all. You're ready, PK. It's finally here. A Ute Pac-12 football game. Oh, I don't know that it's finally here. I mean, I, I have to wait until today to see if they uh, actually do it because both the last two weeks, this time last last two weeks, we thought it was here. Uh, but, yeah, I don't I don't have the anticipation of the outcome of the game like you do. I mean, to me, it's just an opportunity to run around a little bit uh, and set yourself up for, for next season. So I play the game. I hope they play it. I plan to be there uh, and just get out there and run around. Because, I mean, we're already seeing it. Uh, Washington State's quarterback can't go. Who was it? Uh, another Pac-12 team I saw may not be able to play or have a lot of their players today So, or for tomorrow. So, I mean, I don't, I don't view it the way you do. The pregame show will begin at 7.30 here on the Zone Sports Network. Hashtag BYU. I like winning. I, I want to be at our best and then win the game. And then whatever happens and however everybody evaluates it, they can see it however they want. I think the most important thing for us is to be at our best this weekend. If that's stylish to everybody, great. But I've been not, I'm not a guy all about style. I'm like you, PK. I don't have the uh, the dress and the wardrobe to, to match it. Everything I wear is pretty much free. comes to that stuff, if, if the team's looking at my style, then it's probably really, I don't know how you say it, just normal. But if you're looking at like the way some of these other guys dress, then they'd be flashy. But in terms of football, we want to be at our best. And whatever happens, whatever the scoreboard shows, I think if we're at our best, we can live with the results. Kalani Sataki taking free swipe at you and your style. Getting some chuckles. And they're going to smoke North Alabama and go to 9-0.
Come on, that's against the honor code. Be smoking. Yeah, they don't even have to be at their best. No. So that, that's the thing. I wouldn't want them to be at their best, actually. Well, one game in a month. I think you'd like them to be sharp. Don't lose that edge. They got a good thing going. See if they get a game in one of these uh, next two uh, bye weeks. Yeah, I didn't say what he would like. I said they don't have to be. Cougar pregame show will start at noon. The game kicks at 1 o'clock on BYU TV. We'll have the Cougar pregame show at noon here on the Zone Sports Network. Hashtag college football. Brad awaits the snap, has the snap, and drops back to pass. Big rush on, throws over the middle. It's intercepted by Zayvon Collins. Collins left side, 40 to the 50, to the 45, to the 40. He may take it all the way. 10, 5, that's a touchdown for Tulsa, and that's a victory for Tulsa. Are you kidding me? It's a 95-yard return by Zayvon Collins, and what can't he do? Holy smokes, Collins takes it back all the way on the third down and goal play and Tulsa's won the game Tulsa in double overtime over Tulane 30 to 24 25th ranked Tulsa improves to 5 and 1 that game was scoreless at the half and Tulsa was down 14 nothing going to the fourth quarter but they rally and win and Tulane giving away leads it's what they do PK they blew a 24 nothing lead against Navy and lost 27-24 they blew a lead against Houston and lost and they blew another big lead here <laughs> Really? Yes. No idea. (laughs) Not following Tulane football. San Jose State, if you're following them, Sparty, undefeated, ready to play Fresno State. Grudge match in California, but it's called off. COVID-19 issues. Contract tracing protocols for the Bulldogs. Another Mountain West game down this week. It's a very limited Mountain West conference schedule this week. True. Already had... uh, Already had the Utah State-Wyoming game canceled. UNLV Colorado State is off also, so half of that league isn't playing. The quarterback you were referencing, uh, Washington State starting quarterback, Jaden DeLara, tested positive for COVID-19. There are reports that he's going to miss the Cougars game at Stanford tomorrow. That means former Lehigh quarterback Cameron Cooper could be in line for his first start at Washington State. Although they also have a guy named Gunnar Cruz, and they've been battling for backup reps, so it's not clear who they might play. They have? Wow. Did you know that? Because I didn't. I did not know that. Oh, you're just reading it off the sheet. I did. I'm a nerd, so. Way to go, Yak. <laughs> Way to keep us up to speed. I do a lot of reading. <laughs> Big games this week. Ninth-ranked Indiana, undefeated, playing third-ranked Ohio State. Should we turn and look away? Is this just going to be uh, hopes and dreams into the meat into the uh, meat grinder at the Horseshoe and the Buckeyes? Just do what they do? I would think so. I mean, they're really good. Fourth-ranked Clemson. They've got the loss, which I think they'll get a mulligan for, but they can't mess up anymore. They're playing uh, Florida State 10 a.m. tomorrow. I wouldn't think they would mess that up. I would expect they would be just fine. Wisconsin-Northwestern. Uh, that's 10th-ranked Wisconsin, 19th-ranked Northwestern. And they are playing at 1.30 in a big game in the Big Ten. UCLA, Oregon, ESPN 2 at 1.30. Got any hopes? I know you love to see the Ducks lose, even if you don't really care. You still want the Ducks to lose, don't you? Oh, for the Pac-12? No, yeah. not at all. Uh, no, just because they're Oregon. And they're 17-point favorites out of roll yeah, UCLA. I, I'm not 15 anymore. Uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the quarterback for the Bruins, he's waiting to find out because uh, there has been a positive test among the teammates, so... 
these guys may be placed in quarantine, so he may not play. That's what I'm saying. It's just, it's just not, it's not real, man. It's, it's, it, it's not. Well, let me say it's not legitimate. How about that? I think that's better because if he doesn't play, forget it. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State playing at 5:30 on ABC. Oklahoma State five and one, the one loss team in the Big 12 that maybe somehow could find their way into the uh, playoff. But Oklahoma's owned them lately, so it's Bedlam. It's the rivalry game. Yeah, I, I think that if Oklahoma State wins that, which, you know, it's going to be a monumental task, but if they do win it, I, I do think they should be still considered. I, I, as I, I've been saying that for weeks, well, actually years. I mean, that's not pertinent to exclusively to this season by any stretch. But, you know, if you lose one game in overtime, all of a sudden you're out. It just seems so crazy to me. Yeah, well, you're in the wrong league to lose a game. You do not get a mulligan if you lose a game in the Pac-12 or the uh, the Big 12. But if you lose a game in the SEC, you get the mulligan. Yeah, I think you do, though, in the Pac-12. I mean, they've had a couple of teams in, and they haven't gone undefeated. Uh, you can you might catch a break if another league has the same. You know, if the Big 12 and the Pac-12, I guess, each have a one-loss team, then one of them will find their way in. It's not impossible. I'd have to go back and look and see when Oregon and Washington, what was the Big 12 in those situations. I don't know off the top of my head. Gives me something to do in the next break. Uh, and I also think the Big 12 is being downgraded because they had several teams lose to Sunbelt teams on the opening weekend, and then they all beat each other up, and I think people gave up on the league. So... But, hey, if Oklahoma State looks really good beating Oklahoma and gets some of those style points that Kalani was just talking about, maybe they will be back in the hunt. The Big Ten will beat itself up here with uh, some of their top teams playing each other. So maybe the door will be there for them to climb. Door will be open for them to climb. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Well, the Jazz made another trade. Cleared a spot on the roster. Cleared salary cap space. They sent the... The big man, Ed Davis, and two second-round picks to the Knicks. So, opening up room, re-sign Jordan Clarkson, maybe add another player. At this point, I would expect him to add a big man. Uh, yesterday, I was sitting here saying, I expect as of week, he'll be the, uh, the backup to uh, Gobert because there's just no way I thought they wanted to play Ed Davis. But now that they've given the Knicks a couple of draft picks to take Ed Davis off their hands, uh, maybe they are looking to bring somebody in, and as of week, it wouldn't be the backup. So, and obviously signing Clarkson, I think everybody, we all think that's a priority. And what other offers is he going to get? But obviously he was a massive addition to their bench when he came midseason. Agreed. So what is next for the Jazz? Clearly something is next. Clearly that is a move that sets up the next move. And it's just a question now of waiting this weekend as free agency starts on Sunday and seeing what that move is hopefully hopefully it's bringing Clarkson back for sure. Well, I, yeah, I think Clarkson would be a, a high high priority, and I would look for him to resign. And if you look at what they've done the last few years, they've brought in some veteran guys. So I'd expect at least one other addition along those lines. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Golden State Warriors made it official. Clay Clay Thompson did tear his Achilles tendon. He will miss the upcoming season. Expected to make a full recovery based on the type of tear. I didn't know there were different kinds of tears of of Achilles. Yet again, Adrian Wojnarowski with Woj. Yeah. All right. Fed that info there. All right. Well, so we were just talking about who's top four in the West, PK. And I think in my mind, I dropped the Warriors from a lock for the top four in the West to uh, competing for a spot. In the top four in the West. 
Okay. You see them as a lock? A lock. Well, I mean, they're going to have so many new characters here yeah. that I've got to see how it plays out. I mean, they added Ubre. They picked him up from mm-hmm. uh, Oklahoma City. He came from Phoenix. He never, he literally did not play for uh, OKC, and he has potential. And you know, what is Curry going to be because he hasn't played? So, and Wiseman, I, th- I think that man, I, I really like this kid. So, I can't say lock, uh, but I can't say that they're just going to bottom out and go regroup and try for 21-22 either or was somewhere in between. I mean, they should be competitive. They've got some decent players. Uh, Draymond Green may not be at his best anymore, but obviously he's still halfway decent. So uh, I've got an opportunity to see what they can do. Uh, to me, you know, it sucks for Clay Thompson, obviously, uh, but I don't think the season is over. I mean, I wouldn't have. I don't know that I would have installed them as the favorite anyway, and certainly not now. They're, they're not going to be the favorite. No, the Lakers. The Lakers. I, still have, I think they have an opportunity to be competitive. It'll be fun to watch, actually. Lakers Lakers will be the favorite in the West. I think that's pretty clear. And I expect yeah. the Clippers will be top four. Maybe they've had enough changes that things could fall apart, but I don't think I'd put them on the same level as the Lakers until they prove a little more. But I expect they'll be top four, but as far as – you know, will the Blazers be back in the top four where they were a couple of years ago now that Nurkic is back? Are the Warriors going to be back there? Are the Jazz going to be there? They were there before uh, Bogdanovich got hurt. I mean, it was a battle, and it was close, but you got to put them in the mix. Uh, yeah, I mean, top four, that doesn't get you anything. I don't, yeah. I don't understand why top four is such a big deal. Gordon Hayward declined his $34 million player option for the coming season. He'll become an unrestricted free agent. When the window opens this afternoon at 4 o'clock. And now they're Knicks rumors. Man, Hayward to New York. We've heard Indiana rumors. We've heard Atlanta rumors. You lean towards any of these? Got any idea? Any of these make well, more sense than others? Good. I think he can help all those teams that you mentioned. Uh, for, for me, I'd probably look toward Atlanta. The Knicks seem to be a mess. And I don't think Gordon really does well if he has to be the man. I mean, he wants the limelight, but I don't think he wants the associated pressure. Uh, so, personally, you know, you got to see who's going to offer you what. I mean, this is a business move here. This thing didn't work. You got all the money in the world, so it's not about the money, right? I mean, because if it was about the money, you wouldn't be leaving Boston. Uh, you're, you're rich beyond you and your kids and your lovely daughters, and they're never going to have to work a day in their lives. They're going to be uh, you know, the affluent rich folks, that's for sure. So uh, see where you fit in the best and where you have an opportunity to win. Because I think he's looking for some a little redemption. He wanted so desperately to be an all-star, which he was, and then he gave that up and, and the injury and, and, and the situations in Boston came along. And I, I'm, I would imagine, I, don't, I haven't spoken to him in years, that he would want to recapture that. So where does that fit in? You know, to me, certainly you can have a lot of shots if you want to go to New York, but are you going to come even close to winning? Knicks, uh, well, we know they haven't been anywhere close to winning, but Atlanta's been in the lottery three years in a row as well. And then if you go to Indiana, you're going home and you're going to a team that's kind of in the middle of the Eastern playoff race. And can you vault them higher? If you really want to make a deep playoff run, Indiana's the safest, the the best bet. I don't know if anything's a safe bet, but it's the best bet. Uh, on the other hand, if you go to one of the other two and you turn them around, then you really are the hero. But it's heavier lifting, and that's being the man, and that goes back to all the points you just made about does he really want to do that. 
and all the pressure that comes with that and answering all the questions that come with that. We're about to find out. Free agency's kicking off, and by the time we're back here Monday morning, there will be a lot of deals cut. All right, that is what is trending. There are the headlines. We're taking a break. When we come back, Jim Beheim will join us, Syracuse men's basketball coach. Find out about the Jazz draft pick. What did they really get? We'll do that next. Lincoln Kennedy, Raider radio and Pac-12 network analyst, will be here at 8 o'clock. Brian Keel, former BYU linebacker at 830, and David Locke, radio voice of the Jazz at 9 o'clock. Stay with us. It's DJ and PK on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone. In the Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes or Toast is brought to you by Jerry Signer Cadillac. Get 0% financing for up to 72 months, plus a $2,500 purchase allowance on a new 2021 XT4, XT5, or XT6. Shop your way at Jerry Signer Cadillac. We had no Cadillac music. I know. It's disappointing, isn't it? Yes. How am I supposed to go on this morning? How am I supposed <laughs> to live without you? Don't sing that. <laughs> I hated that song. Me too. All right, we're about to get Jim Beheim's hot take. Syracuse men's basketball coach is going to join us to talk about the newest jazz man, second round draft pick, officially a trade, I guess, but nonetheless. Elijah Hughes uh, played for Beheim for at Syracuse for a couple years, so we'll get uh, we'll get Jim's hot takes on his player. Really interested in the background here, PK. How does a guy who uh, is lightly recruited, go to East Carolina, end up transferring to Syracuse a year later, and two years later he's in the NBA draft. It is so hard for a college basketball player to get drafted. You think about 350-whatever teams across the country, and they are all getting scouted, and only 60 guys get drafted every year. And a guy went to uh, right. East Carolina and transferred as one of them. We're joined now by Syracuse men's basketball coach Jim Beheim. Coach, thanks for joining us this morning. Hey, good to be with you guys. So we are, uh, we are very curious about Elijah Hughes and how he ended up at Syracuse and how he's ended up in Utah. I'd like to, to start at the beginning. We've heard he was lightly recruited. He went to East Carolina and transferred after a year. Was he even on your radar when he was in high school? How did that work? Yeah, I saw him get 46 points in a game against my oldest son in a summer tournament and said, holy cow, look at this guy. But he had already committed to East Carolina and... You know, we just have a policy of not recruiting somebody. I knew he was better than that. But he decided, you know, he stuck with his commitment, went down there, and, uh, you know, he just didn't feel it was the right situation. So he came in here, sat out a year, and then played. And uh, this Utah's getting a very a, a better player than people ex- really expect. We didn't have a great year last year, so I think he was a little under the radar. I mean, he led the ACC in scoring. He's a three-point shooter, accurate. He can drive. He can pull up. uh, And he can make plays for other people. He's a a guard-type player. 
he can play the two or three. Really, he's a two. He's six five and a half, about two fifteen. Very athletic guy, and probably one of the best teammates you could have. He gets along with everybody. He still goes home, spends time with his family. Uh, really, really good young man that will surprise people. Even though he's picked fairly high, there were teams that called me about him who had picks at the end of the first round, but made a trade or did something that they didn't have that pick. But I think he's a first-round pick. I think he's going to play in the NBA next year. So you obviously know him, and you know what an NBA player looks like. I think you've had 40-some guys over the 40-plus years you've been at Syracuse, so you can speak to this very much. So how much do you think this weird situation with the COVID and the no workouts individually the way they used to with the camps and being able to meet as many people, do you think that played into maybe he being a little bit underdrafted? It might have. You know, I know we had a couple workouts that people saw that were good from everything we heard back but yeah i mean i think that can be a factor but i think if you watched him play last year and the teams that watched the tape you know he got his own shots against teams like virginia and north carolina and duke that are good defensive teams uh he can get one thing in the nba that i've always felt separates nba players is the guys that can get their own shots and there aren't a lot of, there, there's guys that can do that, but they're not a, a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys in the NBA that are good players, but they don't, they can't, with 24 second clock, it doesn't matter how good your offense is, um, you're going to have situations where somebody has to put the ball on the floor and make a play. And Elijah Hughes can do that. And I'm not sure all the guys in the draft, uh, can do that. So, Again, I think Utah, Utah's got a good team. I watched them play. Uh, they got a great coach. I know Quinn Snyder very well. Um, Elijah Houston is going to help the Utah Jazz, I think. Uh, he's uh, physically ready, mentally ready. Uh, you know, he, he was a great leader. We had a freshman point guard last year, no seniors, uh, sophomore shooting guard. Very young team, but by the end of the year, we were playing good basketball, and I think Elijah Hugh was a big part of that. We won six league road games in the ACC, including at Virginia, places that are very hard to win win at. But So, I mean, he's a really good leader, and he's going to surprise people in Utah, I believe. So, Jim Beheim joining us, Syracuse men's basketball coach, Elijah Hugh. Hughes, the Jazz second round, uh, trading for him for the Pelicans second round draft pick. Obviously, you're playing a lot of zone, and now he's going to have to defend the pick and roll man to man in the NBA. How is that transition going to be for him? You know, we play man to man every day in practice for an hour. You know, I think people forget that. I mean, we are a zone team during the game, but during practice, we play every day for an hour. We've had, you know, Deion Waiters and Jeremy Grant and a bunch of players who've gone on and become, you know, really good, solid NBA players, Michael Carter Williams, uh, a number of guys. Uh, Elijah's a good defender, and uh, the NBA, uh, they play defense the way they want to. They, they teach a different, each team really does something different defensively, whether it's more switching like some teams or, you know, different ways to play pick and rolls. But Elijah Hughes is a very good athlete, 
and he can move his feet. And when you can do that, you can learn how to play defense in the NBA. One of the things that's always uh, I've always been critical of the uh, at least the analysts when leading up to the draft, they make it sound like you're ready for retirement if you're 21, 22 years of age. <laughs> and uh, you know, to me, if I can get ten years out of a kid, especially a second round draft choice, I'm, I don't care how old he is, I'm going to take him. Do you think that's a fair knock on players? Well, he's 22, so whatever he is right now, that's exactly what he's going to be for the next ten years. No, not at all. I, I think that, I think that, I think that's really, uh, really a myth. I think there's some guys that take a little longer in college and and uh, to be ready to get prepared. Other guys, you know, I, I think it's easy to tell a freshman that's very, very talented, and and some of those guys do work out. Some of them don't. You know, it's uh, it's a, uh, it's a really. Uh, a guessing game a little bit with players going from college. I mean, you know the top two or three usually, uh, but once you get by those top, especially by the top lottery picks, it's a guessing game. You see a lot of guys that don't make it who are still drafted in the first round, but I think there's guys now that have been coming out the last few years who are a little bit more experienced who have made it in the NBA, and I, I think that's really uh, a big key I think with uh, with the NBA getting guys that are mature and more ready to step in and play and I think Elijah Hughes is one of those guys but uh, I think the main reason he can play is he can get his own shot and he's a very good three-point shooter but he can also put the ball on the floor and uh, those are, are qualities that translate to the NBA you know, all the years that I worked with the Olympic teams and all the young players that we used to practice against the Olympic team, NBA players that stand out are guys that can get their own shots. And you're either a great shooter or you can get your own shot. And if you, if you can do those two things, you have a chance in the NBA. And Elijah Hughes has, has that opportunity and that ability. And he's a very mature young guy. So... You know, whether you're 22 or 23, really is irrelevant. You got at least 10 or 12 years ahead of you uh, to play basketball. And the other thing, he's never really been hurt. He's always played through everything. He uh, is in great, great physical shape. And uh, again, I have no doubt that you know I'm not a coach that over exaggerates his players. This kid's going to be a good NBA player in Utah. I think. Uh, a guy that could play a lot of minutes in the second round, which is uh, which is pretty good. It's curious because our last player that was taken in the second round was a guy named Jeremy Grant at 39 in the draft. Same spot. Elijah, 38 or 39, I forgot. 39. Yeah, same spot. Isn't that a coincidence? <laughs> I think Jeremy. I think Jeremy Grant's worth about 10 or 12, 15 million dollars a year right now, isn't he? Yep. <laughs> Jim Bay, I'm joining us, Syracuse men's basketball coach. Elijah Hughes uh, played for him for a couple of years after one year at East Carolina and then transferring to Syracuse. And I'm curious, you've mentioned that uh, you think he's a really good teammate, that he gets along with everybody. You've mentioned how mature he is. Uh, you know, reading up on his family a little bit, uh, his dad's in information technology at IBM. His mom is a counselor at a methadone clinic. Did you get to know the family much and, and the influences that shaped him? Obviously, he's sixth of seven kids, his brothers and sisters. 
They're, it's a great family. They really hang together. They drove up to every game we played, and uh, Elijah went home. You know, a lot of kids, once they get to college, they're just in college, and they want to go out and, you know, hang out in college. He, he would go home a lot. You know, every weekend we'd have a couple of days off. He he would be home with his parents and family, and you know he, you don't see that that much in kids anymore. Uh, usually, once they get, to, I have a daughter who's in college. Once she gets there, she's there. She's she's not coming home a lot, and she's like an hour and a half away. So yeah, he's a, a really family uh, oriented kid, and uh, he's just a nice kid. I like. I mean, once you touch base with him and you see him he's just a, an easygoing a really nice kid who's a very fierce competitor on the basketball court which is you know that's the kind of guy you want in your program and uh, I, I just think he's going to be a, a big factor uh, I have to visit him in Utah my favorite restaurant out there Vultures is uh, right downtown so I'll have to Try to make my way back, be be out there to see him play. Once, once we can get on the road again, which probably isn't going to happen real soon, but hopefully will happen uh, with the vaccine being available now. So you mentioned three or four guys that we know that have gone on to the NBA. I was wondering if you can make any form of comparison with anybody that you've had that's gone to the NBA that we can identify as a possibility in Elijah Hughes. Well, offensively, he's a little bit like Deion Waiters. He's bigger. Uh, Deion's a little more explosive. But I think Elijah's, you know, a little better shooter, a little big, obviously bigger, uh, a real big guard. You know, I've always loved Donovan Mitchell. I think he's from when we played against him at Louisville, he's one of the best players uh, that we played against. And, uh, you know, he's that kind of a player. He can put it on the floor and make plays. Um, I'd say he's a little bit like those two guys. Uh, they come to mind with Elijah. He's really a guy that can shoot it and score the basketball. And yet, you know, he's got good size. Coach Jim Beheim, Syracuse Benz basketball coach, joining us. And uh, coach, uh, before we go, I see what you did there with that nice plug for Valters. That was that was nice the way you just you just slid that in there. Just a little local knowledge here: if you're going to go there for dinner, you have to plan around if the Warriors are in town because Steve Kerr likes to rent the whole place out and they just shut it down. Unless you're tight with Steve and you can get in on his team dinner and he can pay, which I guess you know that'd be good because Valters is a little high end. We've been going there since it was in another location, so I don't know. We've got a little in there. We've been going there for a while. But, right. uh, it's, it's a great place. You know, you, you don't find an Italian restaurant like that out west too often. <laughs> well, well played. That was well done. You just, uh, you know, never miss a thing. That's why, you know, you're Jim Beheim and it's not your first rodeo. Veteran. Veteran, <laughs> Veteran move. Veteran move. Well, Coach, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. Good luck. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Jim Bayheim, Syracuse men's basketball coach, and he coached uh, coached the Jazz second-round draft pick, Elijah Harris, 39th pick, and the Jazz got him. Excuse me, Elijah Hughes, yeah. Uh, got him in the uh, trade with the Pelicans there on draft night. All right, PK, you hear that? Takeaway? What oh, are you fired uh, up, man. Are you kidding me? I mean, the, the thing about uh, 
he just Jim Beheim just turned uh, seventy six uh, on Tuesday. So uh, on the seventeenth, right? Mm-hmm. So he he doesn't have to sell anything anymore. I <laughs> know he really doesn't. You know? And and you know when they brought on Calipari the other night on ESPN, it was just a free recruiting pitch. It was. It totally it was, was so over the top. No. And I know guys like Calipari. I mean, I've interviewed Calipari when he was in his underwear. And <laughs> I mean, he's an Italian from back east. That, that's my blood. I mean, he's from Pittsburgh, but. You know, I read a thing on him, and he said, "Yeah, I don't, I don't only want to get revenge; I want to get revenge twice." So I, I know guys like him, man. There, I grew up with him, basically, not literally, but metaphorically. Whereas Beheim, he's not selling anything anymore. He's seventy-six years old, right? He should be on a beach somewhere, but he still wants to coach. So be it. So my point is, he's got no reason to exaggerate, and he's not recruiting. Uh, Calipari's on national TV. This Beheim's on Salt Lake City radio. I know Britain actually went back and took a visit to uh, Syracuse, but he obviously stayed at U. Uh, so I don't think that there's anybody out here that he's selling to. I think he's speaking the truth. And he hit multiple times, get your own shot. Because in the NBA, that's exactly right. There's going to be times, specifically in the playoffs, when defense is played at a much higher level because they've got the energy and all the monotonous travel is behind them of the regular season, blah, blah, blah. And so there are times, many times over, you need to get your own shot. And Beheim hit that multiple times with this kid. So i got to say, I'm fired up. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. He did say he talked to multiple teams in the end of the first round. Now I want to know who they are. Because there's some teams that when they draft, I automatically look at you and think, what do you know? Oklahoma City's one of them. You know, they've hit on so many draft picks, and so uh, San Antonio's hit on late picks. And so if you start finding out those are the teams we're calling, you're like, okay, what do they know? Well, who, who drafted late in the first round, though? you got to look and see. I don't yeah, think those, and those two teams didn't draft late in the first round. The thing with um, – yeah, you're right. And when I go through those uh, – oh, man, i got another thing to do in the break. This is awesome. Way to keep me busy, PK. You're the man. Lincoln Kennedy, Raiders radio and Pac-12 network analyst, is going to join us coming up in about 20 minutes. We'll do that, and we'll talk uh, football with him. Stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Sam Merrill, newest member of the Milwaukee Bucks. Been dreaming my whole life about this, and... I always wanted to play in the NBA. Never really thought it was a possibility. Um, I just kept working hard, and uh, to at least get to this point where I where I'll have an opportunity, it was, it was a special night. It was a lot of fun. You know, I'm just so grateful for an opportunity. For me, there's so much more to achieve. Obviously, I want to have a real career, uh, not just be a one and done type guy. Playing in Milwaukee will be awesome, and playing with one of, if not the best player in the league, um, it's going to be awesome. And uh, I just hope I can make his life and, and the other stars on the team. I just hope I can find a way to contribute and, and make their Hanson Scotting weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. PK brought to you in part by Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Great question. We got a lot of things going with the NBA draft and uh, college football and the youths uh, playing USC, hopefully, tomorrow night. 
But we got a great question of the morning here, PK. We could we could spend the whole show on this if we you know didn't have Jim Beheim showing up. Uh, do you feel guilty for enjoying Gordon Hayward's struggles with the Celtics? He's not staying in Boston. He's leaving. The first rumor was Atlanta. The second was Indiana. The third was New York. It hasn't worked out. Obviously, he got hurt. Didn't make it to the NBA Finals. There's a chance maybe the Celtics could be that team, but it hasn't worked for one reason or another. It's always been somebody else. Do you feel guilty? You know, probably I would have to say for myself, eh, maybe a little bit. Um, of course you do. She'd be better than that. You shouldn't enjoy somebody else's uh, struggles. Oh, no, no. That's, that's what your mother would say. <laughs> right? I hear her voice. Of course. <laughs> Mrs. J, we already know. Uh, Mrs. C, Mrs. J, there's no difference between the two women. Well, actually, there were some parallels there, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you'd have to go back and watch an old TV show to get that reference, and I would prefer that you didn't, to be honest. Don't don't go watch Happy Days. Don't do it. Uh, but I thought Candace, I thought Candace made multiple good points. I read Candace's post, and I know social media can be a cesspool. And I 100% believe that. And a lot of times it is. But Candace got on our Facebook page and was rock solid. Uh, well, I don't know. You might debate parts of this, PK. She made too many points for you to agree with every single one. But she made several good ones. Here they are. I already forgot all about Hayward. I will never fault someone for making as much money as they can while they can, especially in sports. They're all one injury away from being ruined. Their careers don't really last all that long. It sucks as a Jazz fan to see good players leave, but aren't we used to it by now? you think we'd realize at some point the players aren't likely going to start and finish a career here anymore. I really like the way she ended it. You know, Stockton and Malone, and Malone did leave for a year at the end of his career, and Stockton played his whole career, but people move in the NBA. It happens. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I, I... First of all, first of all, go Charles Barkley. Uh, the money was going to be there either way. So yes. he didn't leave for money. Right. I agree with that. And I knew money as soon as I said that you took all the points, I realized the money point. Also, I'm not sure she forgot all about Hayward. He gets brought up too often to forget all about him. And I disagree with on players moving. They move later on. After they're out of their prime, who cares if they move? <laughs> okay. So, like, what I mean, like, Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade's a Miami Heat. Well, and Carl Malone. Uh, oh, exactly. The, the one year at the end of the career. Uh, letter carry was way at the extreme. Yeah. But, I mean, you've seen other players, like, Dwayne Wade bounced around a little bit, but he's a Miami dude, mm-hmm. and he gave all he had in his prime to Miami. So I want it to be a business, and I don't want them doing, like, what the Lakers did with Kobe. God rest his soul. He was a phenomenal player, and it's an ultimate tragedy. But – Paying all that money, and then the team stunk for three or four or five years, and we saw it like with uh, Nowitzki too. So I would just assume they get rid of him at that point because it is a business. But in like the Dwayne Wade case, he he's a Miami Heat, and he won titles with Miami. He'll always be, and I couldn't even – I'd have to go back. Was it Cleveland, the Bulls, and somebody else he played for maybe? But he's a Miami dude. So at the end – I don't care, but I don't think players do move around that much. You know, there, there have been some, obviously LeBron. Oh, LeBron, these guys. Chris Paul is a really good player who's bounced around. Yes, he's moved. LeBron and Kawhi Leonard have both moved. Now, on the other hand, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson have not. They're with the team that drafted him. So it's a mixed bag. Damian Lillard has stayed with the team that drafted him. He's a good player. Uh, just well, kind of run through the clubs. Oklahoma City, it doesn't seem like anybody stays in Oklahoma City. 
They they they'll move you if you don't move them. I mean, they moved Harden. You know, so Harden hasn't been there. Um, Durant obviously moved himself. Westbrook, it was a pretty good run, and that was kind of a mutual decision. But you know, a lot of their best players move on, and they're just flipping players left and right these days. I think they're going to get the best years that Donovan Mitchell has is going to be right here. And then after that, so be it, because uh, that's just the way of the world here. It's still, in the end, it's a business. These guys are commodities. Uh, we love them dearly and all that stuff. But, you know, if you, uh, especially now with finances being what they are, and so that's lent itself that goes beyond. Because when you say players move, and I know you're not doing this, but it sort of puts on, well, yeah, they don't care. They're just uh, they're just going to vagabonds, take the money and run type of thing. Uh, it and it's, can it's, be it's, that, but it isn't I, always, but it isn't right, always I, that. But it, it sounded like that, but I know that's not what you meant. No, no. It, because it, the, the yeah. financial constraints and restrictions and yeah. stipulations dictate that players come and go to an extent. But the idea being, when they were at their best, where were they? That's who they are now, because they do move around. And I believe Mitchell and Gobert their best is going to be right here. And that's really all you can ask for. And it, it turns out, ironically, I guess, maybe is the word, so far, anyway, it's not done yet, Gordon Hayward's best was right here. As it turns out. So far. Right. Uh, Stephen Godfrey says, I feel bad for Gordon. I hate to see a talented player go down with an injury and not make it back to become the player they were. He did the Jazz a favor when he left. It just didn't feel like it at the time. I, I, did he do him a favor? It stung when he left, but would it's Joe Ingles yeah. have emerged if he had stayed? I think Donovan Mitchell would have emerged because Donovan's talent is undeniable. But if, if Gordon's doing his thing and Donovan's doing his thing, do we really find out what Joe can be? Because Joe is so adept and almost prefers to defer to teammates. Oh, and all, but, yeah, but We yeah. don't see. And even if he does, then they don't bring in Bogdanovich. And Bogdanovich... Oh, I mean, a, there's a million things we don't right, know they exactly. would have done or did or what have you. It's impossible to say. But I would have loved to have seen Hayward and Mitchell. The, 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 the more accumulation of better, great players you can get, probably the better off you're going to be. DJ and PK, you can continue the discussion. It's up on our Facebook page. You can hit it up on uh, Twitter, David DJ James. Facebook, DJ and PK. Lincoln Kennedy, Raiders radio analyst, Pac-12 network analyst. He joins us next. Brian Keel, the former BYU linebacker at 830. David Locke at 9 o'clock right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.